Welcome to season three of the Myelin and Melanin podcast. I'm Dawn. And I'm Dana. We're just two black women sharing our musings on life, MS, and everything in between. You can always find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at myelinmelanin. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube. If you're a fan of the podcast, please consider supporting us by becoming a patron through our Patreon. Patrons can gain exclusive access to bonus content, giveaways, chances to join us on the Myelin and Melanin party line, and more. We'd like to thank our music producer, Shah Sevier, for providing our podcast music over the years. You can find him on Instagram at shah.sevier, and you can also find him on YouTube. Welcome to episode 58. You will really enjoy this episode. Welcome everyone to the Myelin and Melanin podcast. We are joined today by our favorite guest co-host, Carlos Kareem Windham. Thank you, Carlos. Yeah. Um, we're also joined by Rosani Christie. She is a stand-up, well, a sit-down comedian, and she'll explain a little bit about what that means. And we're going to talk a little bit about comedy and MS. Um, yeah. So, Rosani, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? And sure. And, but, and let me just say too, Rosani has MS. So yes. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. What? So Rosani, if you want to tell. <laughs> Wait, y'all didn't tell me that. Hold on, hold on. Hold right, on. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so Rosani, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'll tell you a little bit about my MS story. Um, okay, great. How I got diagnosed. Yes. So. uh I was dealing with a lot of, my first symptoms were numbness in my fingers and toes. And this went on for about a year. Um, so I went from CAT scan to MRI. And then I got the optic neuritis. Mm. And that happened to be on the day I was writing my grade 12 physics exam. Oh, and goodness. try convincing your teacher that you can't see anything. She was like, yes, good to hear. Go sit down, please. And... Oh. Uh, so, yeah. So I went in with my next symptom and apparently they need at least three symptoms to diagnose you mm -hmm. because uh, there were not many lesions on my brain. So then oh, we wow. had another MRI. Yes. And what, finally, can I, can I ask what year you were diagnosed? I was diagnosed in 2001, but my okay. symptoms okay. were there since 99 for sure. Yeah. Okay. 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 Sounds like me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is me. A 16-year-old walking around, stumbling around with this optic neuritis that lasted a while. But at that point, I had relapse remitting. So with uh -huh. uh, some steroids, I was back to normal. Normal, quote-unquote. Mm -hmm. But right. uh, yeah, so that's basically it. I I went from RRMS. And then when I had my daughter a few years, I had my daughter in 2008. And mm -hmm. after that, I I progressed a little bit. So then now I am secondary progressive. And at this moment, I'm taking Ocrevus for my DMD. Okay. And where am I right now? Right now I'm in a wheelchair. So I'm in a wheelchair since 2018. Mm -hmm. Hence, now the you can sit down. <laughs> Pardon? No, I said, hence the sit-down comedian. So, Rosani, 
Tell us a little bit about your comedy. Okay, so even before MS, I just like to deal with whatever life throws at me by laughing at it, belittle things. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't like to let things weigh me down too much. Mm -hmm. You know, so growing up in an immigrant household, that alone, oh my gosh, the culture clash, right? You're not allowed right. to stay out past three o'clock. School's done. Get your butt home. So these right. are right. like I use comedy to kind of deal with that. And um, so when I got diagnosed, it just helped even more because otherwise I'd be depressed. I'm not mm. going to lie. And uh, I've always been told that I was funny. I mean, I love making people laugh. And then I thought, mm -hmm. why don't I take a course? Because I was on a break. I wasn't working. I wasn't in school in the at the moment. So I took a course at Second City. And I was like, oh, wow, I could do this. And so when, when the stage is accessible, which is not, not a lot of times, like we have a lot of stairs, not often apparently enough. in Toronto. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so, when, so then I tried it out. And I'm like, you know what? I love it. It gives me a high and it, it gives me control because when I'm on stage, I get to tell you my story. You know right. what I mean? I get to shape my version of it. I get to laugh right. at the shit you guys tell me. So my content right. kind of falls in my lap. You know, being a mother parenting in a wheelchair, you know, being a spouse, mm -hmm. uh, being a child of immigrant parents who put all the onus right. of everything on you. And right. then living with a sickness, like with an illness like MS, which is progressive, um, unpredictable. So it gives me control. I think comedy gives me the control that I like. That's I love that too. That's interesting. Wow. Carlos, would you say the same thing? I, that's really interesting. Like, does comedy give you control too? Like in a weird sense or something? Uh-huh. Oh, for sure. Well, it's not, mm -hmm. a, it's not so much a weird sense. It's a sense of like, uh, you know, wanting to, to control circumstances mm -hmm. when I was very young, mm -hmm. um, realizing the things that uh, my parents and in particular mm -hmm. my mother responded to. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, really as, uh, I don't know what happened, but as the oldest child, as, as much as I really had to take full responsibility over my brother and sister and all of this kind of thing that was, that was given to us during the benevolent neglect of the seventies. Uh, in addition to that, I somehow adopted the, the neediness of the middle child uh, mm. and the attention seeking of the youngest. And I wrapped that all up in a turducken of look at me and kind of kept that as an ethos uh, for a very long time, but it did become a tool when uh, the hyper-masculinity of uh, school, junior high, elementary school, the racism of elementary school, ways to deflect uh, and uh, endear myself to other folk by making them laugh and doing that concurrently, right? Mm. So I went to school in a really, 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 really predominantly white school. Uh, Boulder, Colorado is 97% uh, white. Uh, and so the, the hyper uh, racism of that circumstance really came into stark contrast in my life in like the third grade. 
And so from about that point, it was like, all right, I got to make it seem like I'm not upset. I got to make it Mm -hmm. seem like I'm on top of this situation. And so it would be a matter of using humor and displaying intelligence in order to illustrate the lack of intelligence Mm -hmm. of the people who were attacking, right? Right. Um, so definitely, yeah, I, you know, and, and knowing a lot of comedians, I don't know any who, you know, we don't use it as a tool either of protection or deflection, uh, mm. around their immediate circumstances. Right. And that does not necessarily include a lot of the youngest generations because a lot of them mm. really are very grounded people they're very nice people and like you know they 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 just they're just funny but mm. a lot of folks who have been exploring it and in it for some time like it definitely comes from a place of like all right uh what was the separation or what was the divorce or when did you end up at a school where you didn't belong or mm-hmm. what was you know what was the what was the thing that made you a misfit toy Right. Right. That, that definitely. So can can I ask the ask both of you all? Um, so does the control aspect fuel the comedy, or does it? Does you having MS and I can show you that we can be funny too. Does that fuel you as well? Both of those, or is it just one? I don't know. Or basically, what fuels you? I believe both of those. Both of those, actually, like, just I just I love being able to tell when somebody inquires, oh, why are you in a wheelchair? Which mm-hmm. it's none of your business, first of all. Mm-hmm. I love being able to say, um, choose to to decide, is it because of a diagnosis or because right. I fell off the motorbike? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, right. How much I <laughs> exposed, and I and I love like that's when I'm like, you know what? I could do, I could incorporate comedy. Like I was considered, like I am considered to be hilarious, but I mean, to be able to have that effect on, to be able to use that with my MS, like I love it because I'm not, I'm not creating the content. These able-bodied people are kind of giving me things to work with. Right. Because if I couldn't turn things around, I'd go Mm -hmm. paranoid at the things they ask me. Like, can you have sex? Can you do this? Does it work? Uh, like, just does it work? People what? like my my wheelchair. Like, yeah. straight up asked you that. Like, yeah, can you have sex? Uh, can you do it? Um, <laughs> do it, <what>? right? <laughs> do it because we're in grade three, you know. And right. um, is your guy in the picture has has he left yet or? Just stupid wow. shit that you oh wouldn't ask. God. Imagine asking an able-bodied person, like, does it work? Can I see? Right. You know? What's yeah. Position, you know? The, that's really intrusive. The worst things that I've heard, not necessarily just personally, but I've heard people would say, oh, well, why are you in a wheelchair? And they like tap you on the shoulder and they look down at you. Why, why are you? You're so young. You know, that's like the worst thing. But I can't imagine somebody saying, does it work? Mm-hmm. Or did your did he leave you yet? I just yeah, that's bold. Or just recently, somebody was like, um, "Oh, it must be hard 
living with polio. And I was like, yeah, yeah, polio is difficult to live with. And I rolled away <laughs> and realized I had just been re-diagnosed. Right, you know? exactly. Right? <laughs> the assumptions, it's not even like doing right. it. It's like, it must be hard. People well, make up the, oh, Don, God. Don, didn't someone say like, think you had sickle cell or something? It's like, yeah. yeah. Those people well, just I, make I, up yeah. their, <laughs> I just didn't say anything. I don't, like, why would that be like, okay, sickle cell? Maybe I could see like the whole like polio or another one is like muscular dystrophy. Like, that's yeah. what people, like, an assumption, like, that's what's wrong with you. Sickle cell. Yeah. It just it. came out of nowhere. It was like, so what's that again that you have? Sickle cell? And I was just like, uh, no. <laughs> or I had another girl. Um, she was another comedian, actually. And she was like, she really, she seemed like she really cared. And she's like, you know, I just watched a movie about MS. You need to watch it. It's called Love and Other Drugs. And I went and watched it and it was about Parkinson's and I'm just like, oh my really? God. like, bro, <laughs> really? <laughs> and it's, it's sad because you think they're young, they're, they're well aware, you know, right? like MS isn't that rare. No, it's not. And so when these, when I watched it, I was like, Parkinson's, I don't know. I gave up. I gave up on humanity yet again. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Sickle cell, Parkinson's, polio. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or somebody told me they did, oh, here we had like an ice bucket challenge for um, ALS. Oh, for ALS, right. Did you guys, you had that in the States too, no? Yeah. Yeah, it was done here. Yes. And a random stranger said, I did that ice bucket challenge for you people in the elevator. In an elevator. So I was like, wait, can can you just press the third floor, please? I'm just trying to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice my God. Challenge for comedians, though. That's great. Uh, oh, gosh. Yeah. People. <laughs> Has comedy made you all even more resilient, do you think? Like being able to express your your humor and laugh. Do you think it's helped with that? Resiliency? I don't know that I laugh. I mean, I, I don't know many comedians who laugh a lot, right? Like, in, and when we do laugh, like, it's not quite the same. I mean, I think comedians are the best ones and the ones that I love are the comedians who are like telling truth, right? And, and mm-hmm. presenting the truth to you and doing it in exactly. a way that's disarming and surprising. And so right. we know how to manipulate laughs out of you. But the reality is I'm fucking uncomfortable. And right. I'm uncomfortable very often in my body, right? Like all through last week, I was having gigs all week and having a flare. So it felt like there was a gnome on top of my head with a, with an ice pick just drilling into the top of my head, right? Gosh. All night. And mm-hmm. as this is going on, it's like, listen, if you're going to, uh, the audience, right, is already going to be uncomfortable with my gender presentation. They're already going to be uncomfortable with my race. I'm uncomfortable with this MS. I am not going to be the only one uncomfortable in this room. So I'm going to spread mm-hmm. it over everybody like butter <laughs> on a biscuit. We're going to all share and have a bite. You yeah. Know what I'm saying? 
And that is where the laughter and the communion is evoked. But, you know, it's very much what Ozani said. Like, I don't, I'm, I don't, I don't, I have punchlines, but I don't have jokes. This is shit that's just, it happens. Right. Right? Like, people say this crazy shit to you. Do you have sickle cell? I mean, you know what the fuck that is. That's a racist <laughs> asshole. That's what that is. Right. Did you got right. disease? Do you got it? Right. Oh, don't spread it to any of the other blacks. Like, what the, what, what the fuck is that? Right. That's bananas. Yeah. Right? But, like... I, you know, I, and I'll repeat exactly what I just said in front of people, but like, I don't know. Is it, is it funny? I, I, yeah. Right. But is it? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Rosani, do you like, do you find that to be true or what do you think? I'm, it's just my reality. And if I'm able to teach you something, um, during my five minute comedy set, I'm going to try my best. And I've had able-bodied people that have approached me and be like, I've never seen it like that. I never, I don't even like look for ramps. I don't know if the automatic door opener buttons actually work. And I never used to care, but now, you know, they're a little yeah. more aware and that's mm. all I'm asking for. Just a little bit, you yeah. know, because I'm not going to be sitting here and be like, I was a disability advocate when I was able-bodied because I really wasn't right right Mm -hmm. you know I walked right by doors that didn't work I never thought about it but now because I live in both worlds it's Mm -hmm. I get it I can I can see on both sides you know and so I use my comedy to to teach something I like that can you speak to some of the you know, odd comments or bizarre comments that people have said, um, and as it pertains to your relationship or, you know, you being married. Mm -hmm. I've been married for, um, 13 years now. So I, he's seen me through it all Mm able-bodied before diagnosis, after diagnosis. Mm. So it's changed. Like I definitely went from being a catch to being a burden. Mm -hmm. I went from being good to look at to fun to watch. You know, mm. and I see people looking wow. like, how is she going to make that? How is he going to get her up those steps? It, mm, and I mean, he's in it for the long haul, but it's just people. I love how they make him feel like a martyr. Right. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. And sometimes we'll, ha- we'll be having a great day, but just a comment like, wow, you're such a great guy will get me like, wait a minute. I'm also a great girl over here. Like I, right. I bring exactly the same amount to this relationship with legs or without like cut off my legs. I'm still right. a person. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know how people just forget that. Like my daughter said it best when once I was like, I was actually just fooling around with her. Like, I, you know, I'm not like the other moms. What do you think? And she's like, mom, your legs don't work. So what? That's right. it. Yeah. Right. And I love how kids see it. Right. Yeah. Yes. Because they don't think too deeply. They're just like, your legs don't work. So what? There's other things you can do. Right. Right. It but is what it is. Are the, adults let it get in the way of their interaction. Like, they will see my wheelchair before they see me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Because they're too busy trying to, uh, you know, uh, look at somebody's 
boobs or you know what I mean? Like that's the that's the craze in this society. They want to look at your 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 a female's breasts or hair or whatever. You know what I mean? They're just so aesthetically oh no, not drawn me. to that. I don't have breasts. I just have a wheelchair. <laughs> oh right, exactly. exactly. Yeah. I don't have breasts. If you look at my breasts, um <laughs> I'm all for it, <laughs> right? But I don't have right. that. I have a head, and then I have a wheelchair. Right. That's it. The yeah, that's all. That but no, that's the thing. Yeah. People they yeah. they tend to want to look at, you know, something that is what society tells you to look at. Like, oh, look at this, you know, exactly. type of body or this type of male or female or mm -hmm. whatever. You know what I mean? That this is what. I don't know. People subscribe to these crazy notions that that is normal. And yeah, normal is what you are. And according to, mm -hmm. yeah. And I get a lot of you're lucky. I'm lucky because my husband stayed. I mean, he could have left, but he stayed. So I'm, lucky. how, did, and so how does lucky. your husband, right, right. How does your husband deal with that? Like, does he it's get really mad or, him. yeah. It's just really awkward for him. It's just like, why would you put him in a place like that? Yes. You know, because he just doesn't know what to say. Um, right. Because he doesn't want to hurt me. Right. But but he's kind of like, I just don't want to stir the pot. Right. You know, I right. just want to let this idiot, ignorant person go. And like, I don't want to say anything. And so he used to tell me these stories. But then now he doesn't because he knows that it really gets to me. Right. Like I remember, like, we have an accessible vehicle. And so people that he works with will assume it's for his, you know, his parents, his aging parents. And then when they ask and he says, no, it's for my wife, they'll be like, oh, what happened? They always assume it's an accident, yeah. right? Because mm -hmm. when right. you're young, you can't right. get right. sick. And he'll be like, no, it's multiple sclerosis. And he's got, like, you're a great guy. You're amazing. Like, What? You're amazing. God. Look at this van. Right. You're amazing. You this whole van. Oh my god! <laughs> but we also get those. <laughs> but we also get a lot of those like positive affirmations and like toxic positivity. Oh, like you god. got this girl, and I'm just like, what? What? What do I? Uh, got? Right. I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 Like, leaders. how do you know I got it? Like, you just met me. <sighs> so exhausting it is it really so is. exhausting but i admire every both of I you leave... i'm sorry go ahead <laughs> but because no, every you... time i leave these doors there's a war outside yeah yeah but it just it is from what you two have described it's like you use this to teach and i think that's incredible because we really need it <laughs> you know because people are so clueless and and ignorant to reality other people's realities i don't know if it's voluntarily they just want to live in that space or they just don't know but it's well admirable. and people need to feel uncomfortable yeah they have to i mean that's how people learn i think when you are forced to sit and listen to what i am saying yeah to what i am telling you mm -hmm. in my whatever body i am presenting it like I had just like Rosani was talking about, like she's in control for however long her set is. Like you're gonna sit here and listen to this. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. to to the degree that you're funny enough to do that, right? And well, right. Yeah. Clarify, no, 
Nobody is forced to. This is not Louis C.K. You can leave. It's okay. <laughs> it will not impact your job, right? Like, and, right. And, and if it's too much, you can go back to your. You can you leave. Know, yeah. You can leave, and you can go look at look at look at look at friends, or if you feel like doing the investigation, look at living single. Snap back into <laughs> you know real life. Right. Um, but like, you know, you know, the temporarily abled world, the white world will always be there for you. So, you know, for me, it's yeah. like, it's not so much that anybody's like trapped in, they got to listen to me or, or there's going to be some like sermon and doctrine about like, mm-hmm. you know, what it is. It's just like, look, I'm, I, I've, I've got this many minutes to try to crack a hole in your yeah. reality. I've got just that many minutes to try and do that. Right. And I and love that. I think comedy is the kind of tool that can allow that, right? When it's in yes. the hands of the right folks. But a lot of people also use that to buffer themselves from the situations that they're in, right? Or or from the idea that they would ever turn into us. And I'm aware of that too. That's attention. Mm. Right? Because there's people yeah. who do, you know, as Rosani said, want to come see because oh, it's fun to look at. Or, or, oh, isn't that interesting? Or, you know, you get the wrong, you, you know, I tell people yeah. like I didn't get one sclerosis because I'm an overachiever. So I got multiple sclerosis <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> folks who have some sense of what that means will, will, I, I'll hear the difference, right? Either people are going to like laugh, laugh with discomfort. Like, did you just say that to temporarily able people or the temps will very often, like I can tell because it's like, oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. And it's like, what the fuck kind of response is that? We're at a comedy club. What are you doing? Oh, right, <laughs> right. You know, so like, it really does. There, there's a thing about learning to 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 pull on that tension. And as I'm thinking about that, Rosanna, you said you uh, were at Second City, yeah? Yes. For your training, can you share? Uh, with with us because it's all of us, but I'm just interested because I'm a comedy nerd. Mm-hmm. Who were some of your 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 influences? Because Canadians are funny as shit. Y'all are ridiculous. <laughs> My influences. Well, like, Y'all are ridiculous like with it. Yeah. Yeah, Russell Peters. Um, I you know what? I'm not gonna lie. Like I didn't watch comedy that much before uh-huh. I went to Second City. It was, I was just a narcissist who thought I was fine. <laughs> so, and then when I there, I just had a, I, I had a great teacher and like, he just taught me how to reform a joke. Like, I mean, being funny with your friends is not the same as being funny in front of strangers. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. I mean, right. you have no inside jokes, nothing. They don't know who you are. So you're starting like on a clean slate. And so that's kind of what and- I needed how to shape a and joke. second city just because i'm not really familiar with it maybe some other people can you guys right. explain just briefly what that is um, I, I would leave that to rosani she's uh, she she is actually honestly, familiar second city um i don't want to like not do it justice that's why i'm worried uh it's basically a place that offers mm-hmm. training for mm-hmm. stand-up comedy um I mean, that's really, oh, okay. that's yeah, what I went yeah. for, to get trained okay. for stand-up. Right. They have one, two, three steps. They have other things, too. They have acting. Mm. They have improv. And, oh, okay. Um, yes. So, 
because yeah. I just went there for comedy. I didn't. I wasn't too aware of the other things they offered. That's where you went but, to develop your craft. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. To hold gotcha. it. Gotcha. You know, it. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, for listeners, allow me to just nerd out for one second then, because what Thank I will you. say Thank you. is <laughs> that uh, within the Western United States and specifically uh, within Canada, uh, 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 you will know that Second City is the premier uh, uh, training ground for some of the funniest people funniest routines you have ever heard of in your life. Second City Television was born of Second City. This is the home of Eugene Levy. This is the home of John Candy. Uh, the, the fact that uh, uh, Up Shit's Creek is on television today, that, is the, that, that would be like a second birth, uh, a second child uh, generation of Second City performers. Eugene Levy's son is the, is the showrunner on that incredibly hilarious show. Uh, some of the funniest comedians in history uh, have come out of that uh, that place, and and it is just uh, a phenom. It, it is truly one of the, uh, in terms of uh, uh, certainly this this continent, uh, one of the establishments and cornerstones of comedy. Uh, and and so, uh, Lauren Michaels is Canadian, right? Like so much mm -hmm. of what we understand in the United States to be uh, sketch comedy, and so many of the folks who now run the dominion mm -hmm. and, and uh, run domain of of what we consider to be funny, uh, or is accepted as funny in in the mainstream is really born of that mm -hmm. all the way through Seth Meyers and the things that he's doing right now. So uh, it's a uh, it's a real place. It's so basically, Rosani is just the most humble person ever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what he said. <laughs> right. Yeah. Carlos well, right. Said. It's it's like if you went to, I, right. If if you go to Juilliard, you can't then be the person sitting there. You can't be the asshole going, "Oh, Juilliard. Let me tell you what Juilliard is." Asshole. Exactly. Right. So, like, I am happy to play the role. I will do it because <laughs> I will you. fawn. Just like I am a just like nerd. I love I no when able-bodied people advocate for us. Right. It, yes. it looks yeah. even better. It, it actually, yeah, yeah. It, I feel like in some ways it gives us more substance because they're always like, yeah, it's just the wheelies, you know, going <laughs> right. at it again. But when, but when there's able-bodied people on our side, it just, I love it. And it gives it more, gives us more strength. Well, and when they're on our side, they're on their own side though, right? Because the thing is, yes. one of the realities is that like when we have, uh, uh, sloped uh, curbs on on all the sidewalks. We are not mm. the only ones who benefit, right? right. Like these Definitely. these breeders with their strollers <laughs> or their pets in their strollers, <laughs> all breeders. have the ability yes. to 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 right. get on and off the sidewalk without disturbing their little puppies or their little children, right? Yeah, it like it's it's it for folks who have to uh, uh, take their groceries a further distance take their shopping a further distance, are using the, the carrying carts with the wheels on them, easier for them, easier mm -hmm. for the elderly, easier for young pe people. And, and here, I, I don't know if it's the same uh, uh, where you are, Rosanna, but here, like, 
at every crosswalk, you'll hear announcements about when to cross, when not to cross, or a bird tweeting, or whatever it is, depending on what city you are, mm-hmm. letting you know, mm-hmm. right? And that and that audible uh, situation that we all benefit from is again something that is a gift of the disabled community because it was about visual right. impaired people being able to get across the street, and so you know when it's it's all boats rise when the temporarily abled or as i i love to call them temps uh mm-hmm. are, are are able to get past their shit and understand that they are going to be us they will age this is exactly. a one way uh 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 elevator I don't know I'm having an ambulance moment fuck it whatever the fuck it, it goes one direction it goes one goddamn direction you're dying that's what I'm saying you're fucking dying and you're also going to be disabled cut the shit that was the point yeah. I know there was a word in there about something in a good metaphor but I don't need it anymore fuck it what this edition should be titled is you're welcome to the temps from us exactly jesus we're not doing it for us we're doing it for you (laughs) and every time they ask us a question like the phrase that you for which you are so ingraciously stumbling is thank you (laughs) Mm -hmm. carlos you mentioned a woman that was she's a comedian I don't know where she is at the moment, but she was kind of like your first introduction to someone who was um, challenged physically. Yeah. Disabled comedy. Yeah. And she was on. To disabled comedy. Jerry. Yes. I could not. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry on the facts of life. I think her last name is. uh Oh, I think it's Hall. I have it here someplace. I'm going to look it up right now because I want to say it properly. Mm-hmm. I, tr- You know, I had tried to look up a thing because I wanted to talk a little mm-hmm. bit about the history of, like, disabled comedy. And I know there's got to be history of it, right? And mm-hmm. it's got to go beyond Richard Pryor. But obviously, Richard Pryor had a mess. Um, and so that counts. And as I was trying to look it up and, and, and see... Uh, at least in the states, who the disabled uh, comedians are who are being Jerry Jewell. It was okay. Jerry yeah. Jewell, thank you. Uh, and she's and she's still doing stand up. She's still out there, um, but she's got cerebral palsy, uh, and that had been part of her act from the beginning. And it was very much the same thing. Mm-hmm. I think that we'd been talking mm-hmm. about in terms of uh, finding a way to take control. Uh, you know, finding a way to be in charge. And I remember her routines from early on were very much, you know, and and when you have CB, I mean, it's not a thing you can hide. And so having CP and then coming out and talking about it and talking about it on stage landed her on the facts of life. And uh, she definitely was one of the influences for me in terms of deciding that like, as I'm moving forward, to talk about it out loud, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Tignataro is definitely another uh, huge influence, and and you know, not from disability, but from uh, illness and from being honest enough to talk about uh, her cancer as it happened, uh, all the way through doing uh, about ten to fifteen minutes of her last stand-up special, shirtless, uh, after her double mastectomy. Um, 
and and doing stand up, right? And and having that be on Netflix. Like that's that that's the routine, that's the special. And and having that level of vulnerability. Um the uh other person that oh, there was one other person that I was thinking of. Um I don't know, it'll it'll come to me. But I mean there is a community of folks that that really are about this and really are about uh again just being very honest about it not hiding anymore i think that that you know for a very long time uh folks with disabilities have have kept ourselves uh small Mm -hmm. right and have tried to keep ourselves small for the convenience of temps because we've we've assigned them the the honor of being the default and uh you know quite frankly i'm tired of it uh you know and i'm and and i know that i did the same thing when i was a temp you know to a degree uh i certainly always had empathy for uh folks who were neurally neurally atypical but i you know in terms of disabilities i just didn't know um i just didn't know and 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 we are not in a world that uh, that teaches and that shows and has that exposure and has that representation. Right. And so, if we can bring it in in this form, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you know we got to do it. Right. Because it's like, how dare we take up space? I mean, that's really what yes. it is. It's yeah. It is. I remember when I was writing my sets in the beginning. And I was thinking, how much do I want to reveal? You know, I mean, for me and for the audience, like how uncomfortable do I want to make them? I thought of that. Right. And now I think back and think, wow, what a newbie I was. Right. But I did think, I did consider the able-bodied people. Right. (laughs) And was like, I don't, but now I'm like, totally fine with pointing fingers mm-hmm. like screw y'all right but yeah. yeah in the beginning it's like i don't you know like in the beginning i was just like how much do i want to stir the pot mm-hmm. like i mean it's going fine i could just get up on stage and say nothing right. about me and still that would yeah fuck, like that would be a mind fuck for them that i got up on stage and mentioned nothing about disability right because that also you know because people feel entitled to know yes. everything so yeah. i have done that i'm not going to say no but now i'm just much more comfortable speaking about the limitations right. that I do endure. Has right. anyone ever asked either of you being comedians, oh, how does it feel to carry the torch of having MS and sharing your vulnerabilities? Like like you guys speak for the, the community. Has anybody ever like been condescending and approached you like that? I'm just, I'm just curious <laughs> because of all the, I have a rule. No, I don't know. I have a very clear rule. I, I when I get on stage, uh, you know, uh, I especially if there is a, a white audience, uh, I will offer uh, to be their black friend. If it is a temp audience, I will <laughs> offer to be their disabled friend. But I'm yes. very clear that uh, that offer uh, extends to the uh, edge of the stage. And at the moment that I walk off of there, fuck you, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. You don't get to approach me. Uh, And don't talk to me about it after the show. And if you do, you're going to end up in the next show. I will talk about you at the next show. And then I give several examples 
of the stupid shit people have said to me in life. And then no one really wants to do right. it. Right. And so I found, <laughs> you know, and again, it's like the the thing about like the 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 I don't know, the tool of comedy and using it as as uh both teaching and as a defense and as a weapon at the same time, right? Like pointing out that like I'm not here for your gaze. That is not the purpose of this. I'm here to make you get a couple of laughs out. I'm going to squeeze them out of you. Also, here's the rules. And I'm going to say them in a way that's going to make you want to follow them. Right? And and if we can do that all together, uh, then, uh, you know, then when we're having conversations like this, there's space for that vulnerability. When we're in those spaces where it's, a workshop. Okay, now let's really get into some things, mm. right? Let's let's get into that level of vulnerability. But at a club, get the fuck out right. of here. No, uh-uh. Not for me. I don't know. I don't know. How's it been for you, Rosani? Well, I've I've never been. Nobody's ever said anything condescending to me. Um, I mean, I'm the girl that called that got called an inspiration at the liquor shop. So I mean. <laughs> Ha, I'm not <laughs> <out of> that. <laughs> Look at you buying but some wine. I get out of that, you know. Like you're amazing. Mm. You've got this girl. I get a lot of encouragement. But even that, when you're feeling like shit and you just you and you don't feel amazing, like and you're only telling me that because I'm in a chair and not rotting in like some corner in my house. Right. I don't know how yeah. amazing that is. Right. Yeah. Like, no. I want to earn my amazing. I want to, you know what I mean? Yes. Oh, yes. Does that make Absolutely. sense? Total sense. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Like, I want to be an inspiration because of something I did, not because I'm buying, I don't know, gin and not brandy. Oh. I don't even know that was my I don't know. Well, and, and I wonder too, right? Like, because primarily, like, I, primarily I hear that sort of talk from white folks and it's like, when you say inspirational, like inspired to do what? What are you going to do? You want a cane? Like, what are you inspired right. to do? What am I inspiring you to do precisely? Right. Exactly. What is it? So once, and I, I've gotten that from friends too. And once she was uh, I, on Instagram, I got a message like, you're, you're an inspiration. And right away, like I actually brought this up at um, therapy and my therapist was like, ask them. Don't sit, yeah. in, don't sit and wonder why. Ask them. So right, like, I even felt uncomfortable asking, but I was like, why do I inspire you? And she oh, yeah. just had really nothing to say to me. So I'm like, nothing. That's I'm just not some inspiring. catchphrase they say. Yeah, that's just yeah, some shit like they say. You're inspiring. No, because you're, you know, you're doing things and yeah, but you're doing <laughs> right, things. Right, you're too. doing things. And you're not inspiring me. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. I and don't if know. they tell the truth and we actually scratch that lottery ticket, I'm inspiring you to try not to catch what I have. That's what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I'm inspiring mm -hmm. you to live your fullest life or whatever catch yeah. that's written on a piece of fucking driftwood that you have in your kitchen, you simple asshole. <laughs> They're like, you know, I'm, and, and your exactly. friend, not your friend, not grass. your friend. Your friend's not a simple <laughs> asshole. I'm sure she's lovely. But yeah, that's that basically the grass on the other question. side. That yeah. you're lucky, yes. you're glad that you're not on this side, and you're like, 
Right. I'm basically, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know what people get out of even my Instagram page. What are you getting? Like you're seeing all my limitations and you're glad you're not there right? or you're glad I'm still moving on with the, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I think for a lot of able, that's exactly what it is, right? Because again, we are, for whatever, for whatever we want to feel, we are the, the misfit toys. We don't fit, right? And so that yeah. means that we live in the same place. There's just one more additive for uh, all of us as folks of color in predominantly white areas for all of us as disabled people in a temporarily able to pretend world, right? And it is pretend because neither one of those things is true. Well, thank you all so much for this conversation. This is a lot. I loved it. It's a lot. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, it needs to be had and it's, it's good to, to laugh really. And to find humor in such a, you know, crazy illness. (laughs) And to be able to use it to tell our truths. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And to take up space. And to make fun of the undeservedly. Yes. That, that's the, I think that's the bottom yes. line. Just fuck them. No, that's not, the, that's not it. That's not it. A little yeah. bit. A little. Just a little bit of that. <laughs> Most of, mostly. I mean, that's really it. That's really it. Rosani, where can people <laughs> find you online? They can call me. Yeah. Oh, hey, no, 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 no. They can find me uh, on Instagram at uh, my handle is Rosani Christie. It's just my personal last name. And uh, I'm on Facebook as well, but I use Instagram more. So if we Google you, can we find your comedy? Yeah. You can find the posters and stuff I'm on. But no, I don't have like my full okay. set on uh, YouTube or anything. Okay. But I have little snippets okay. on Instagram cool. for sure. Cool. And Carlos, you know I've got to ask you. Where can people find you? I'm at the places. I'm on uh, Facebook and on uh, Google's generally just in my name. Catalyst Kareem Wyndham. And because I took the handles early, I fucked up and my handles are difficult. So I am at uh, Twitter at uh, Caballo Negro. Oh, no, I said it wrong. Caballo Negrito. Uh, C-A-B-A-L-L-O-N-E-G-R-I-T-O. And uh, on Instagram, I am there at... uh, El Caballo Negrito. So the same thing with E-L in front of it. And you can find either one of those through probably through Facebook if uh, when, when I'm there. Zuckerberg often has me in Facebook jail. Uh, when I'm there. Rosani, would you join us again in the future? Of course I would, but I had... Oh, yeah. Of course. Um, if you like... If you like the sound of my voice, you can also reach me at one nine hundred. Sounds like a party. Well, Wait, hold on, I'm writing it down. One nine hundred. Carlos was one upping me with everything. I had to add something. Else. <laughs> I'll just create. I'll create another party number. line. <laughs> yeah, another party line. <laughs> <laughs> 
sorry. Uh, you were asking me. Yes, I would love to be on here. Again. Thank you so much. It just sounds like I'm. Feels like I'm talking to a bunch yes, of friends. Yes, you oh, are. Thank you. Thank you, are. Yeah, thank you so sure. much. Yes, and um, All yeah. Right. Thank you guys, and uh, we'll talk yeah, soon. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Myelin and Melanin podcast. You can always find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at myelinmelanin. You can always subscribe to us on YouTube. And don't forget to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.